Awesome. Thank yeah, you. I'm, I'm the host, Michelle Padilla, and I have Jackie as my co-host, and we have mm -hmm. Elliot today, and we're going to learn. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We're going to learn a lot about you today, Elliot. So for our listeners, okay. tell us who you are. Um, my name is Elliot Hutchins. I am uh, an actor and an, uh, an author and a screenwriter and um, I paint and I dance. I'm, I, I don't juggle, sadly. Um, and I, uh, I also I do some like some life coaching and, and I, 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 I just do everything. I do one of everything. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and you oh, also go by Cindy, right? You also go by Cindy, so we want the listeners to know a little about about Cindy. Oh, uh, Cindy is. Um, I have a son named Gabriel. Uh, he and I are we're we're sort of in that place where he's he's learning to call me dad away from mom. So every once in a while, I'll get called dad. Um, <laughs> I live in North Carolina. I've been writing since I was 13. I lived in the mountains. Um, I grew up in the mountains. A lot of storytellers in Appalachia. So I grew up around that. And I, that's where I got the bug from, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I used to, I worked for Wells Fargo for a while, doing some temp work. I worked for GameStop for a while. You know, just, I used to actually work in publishing a very long time ago. And there's a saying that if writing, you'll never quit your day job. You always have one of those, so. Um, I've worked for Barnes Noble. I've worked for a company called Baker and Taylor, um, doing wholesaling, which mm -hmm. is it's a company where um, if you've ever ordered a book from Amazon, uh, Amazon, you probably got it from them or a CD oh, wow. or whatever. Um, and they were the second largest distributor in um, America, and some days they were first, depending on how, how much sales had been. I also in one of my last jobs which was wonderful. Um, I was very, very ill. I almost died very recently and I had an undiagnosed illness and I was oh. um, disabled for a while. So I worked for a company. Hmm? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, um, I started getting very, very sick and we couldn't tell why. And there were all of these strange symptoms. And they found out that I had anemia and they were treating that because I had a fibroid, which was causing internal bleeding. And so we were dealing with that, and, and, but nothing ever made it better. Every once in a while, a symptom would be remediated. But generally, I was still sick. Oh, so wow. basically what happened is um, I went to give blood, and they called me in, and this is a weird story. They said, you have, you've tested positive for syphilis. I said, no. that is not possible. You know, like Richard Mary and I walked into a bar, right? Um, <laughs> I could give you 35 years of history and tell you everybody that I've ever, and, and none of them are sick. And they were like, okay, it's probably a false positive. So they did the test, the secondary test, and they said, yeah, you're right. It's a false positive. Go home and don't worry about it. Jeez. Still getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So finally I went to a new doctor and she did all this stuff and she said, anything else. And I told her about the syphilis test. And I said, but he said not to worry about it. She said, oh, we're worried. That is a big deal. Wow. So she redid the test and she said, you, the test came back positive again. And uh, I'm going to send everything over to, inter to, in to um, infectious disease. They came back and they said, if it's syphilis, she's being treated for it because that's what it looks like. We're getting weird readings. What is going on? 
So I sat down and I thought, you know, these tests always test for more than one thing. And I got to reading and one of the other things that it tested for was fibromyalgia. Wow. Okay. I called my doctor and I said, my symptoms sound a lot more like fibromyalgia. She said, well, come in and we'll talk about it. Cause you know how they feel about people who diagnose themselves, right? Yeah. Right. I sat down and I'm explaining to her and her face is falling. And I, I'm lucky because I'm pushy and always get a good, good medical person because they know if not, I'm going to be a jerk. So, um, she said, she said, oh my God, you're right. It does sound like fibromyalgia. We're going to do a panel for everything that this test could be for. So three days of freaking out. I've had this for like eight years. Um, I've had two doctors tell me that not being able to walk more than 50 feet is going to be my new normal, that I'm going to continue sleeping 28, uh, 20, 17, 20 hours a day, that I'm going to continue to have all this pain and yada, yada, yada. She calls me up and she says, well, the good news is you don't have syphilis. Well, we knew that. Right. She said, you don't have fibromyalgia. Okay. She said, you don't have Lyme disease. I said, well, what do I have? She said, you have Rocky Mountain spotted fever. What? It's a disease. Oh, sorry. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> it's a disease that you get from tick bites. It's a lot like Lyme disease, except a two-week course of doxycycline cures it, and you can never get it again. Oh, wow. Complete immunity. And I was thinking, what, what a silly thing. So I went and looked it up. Undiagnosed, it's 85% fatal. Wow. And I was like, ah, I almost died, you know. Can you, I, can I, you repeat that name one more time? Called Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Or RMSF, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Wow. It comes from deer ticks. And you get bitten by a tick. And if they stay on you for more than 24 hours, basically they inject this parasite into you. Oh, wow. Jeez. I'm and glad it, you're okay. Jeez. I, I am too, because it scared me to death. I yeah. really, at one point, I thought that I wasn't going to, I thought that that was it. My life was over. I was stuck in a chair. And, you know, I have a lot of friends like that. And I learned so much empathy for people, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm now the person who calls you. And I'm like, I know that you're sick at home. Let me keep you occupied for a minute. You know, right. Yeah. But because of this, I started working with a company called J Lodge. And what they do is they take disabled people and they give them jobs. So I was a manager there. Beautiful. I love that. It was a lot of fun. I love that job. (laughs) So. So now you're a writer. So what do you write about? Um, I'm, uh, I have, okay. People say two things about me. They say that I'm really fast in creating a vacuum. And that you never know what you're going to get out of me. Okay. Um, I write a I write a lot of horror, and the reason that I write horror is because you horror is not about horror. Werewolves are that monster aren't monsters. They're the 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 thing in yourself that you're afraid of, your carnality, or they're the wolf at the door. They're all of your troubles that you can't deal with. It's the mm. thing that overwhelms you. So right. there's a really great archetypical sort of line that you can talk about, you can talk about a lot of subconscious processes. And more than any other form of writing for me, it's um, it's subconscious and it's sort of subliminal and it's sort of dreamlike and I can address things. Um, like the, the screenplay, I have a book called Best Left Buried on Amazon. And the idea is there's a, what we started with the idea is everybody thinks they have a destiny, but what if yours is horrible? And this is about a woman who when she was a child, 
she was found in a house with a whole bunch of caged birds and a corpse. Oh, wow. Oh, and they grabbed <laughs> her mother and obviously put her in a mental institution because she says that the birds were helping her keep this evil spirit form in the body. And they're like, sure, okay, yeah. But it turns out it was true and it's escaped. So she has to come back now and circumstances, the birds, some of the people in the area are trying to manipulate her back into the position of being the guardian of this thing. But what it's about is really, once I started, once I finished it and started reading it, it's about oppression. It's about the sort of oppressions that people, and specifically female oppression. One of the main characteristics of the main writer is she's, um, she's a, a doctor. She's an ornithologist and she has a PhD. But everybody keeps calling her miss and she keeps correcting them. It's doctor. Yeah. You know, that's a subtle thing that people do. Yeah. You know, oh, right. I'm not a miss. I'm a doctor. I earned that. They did it to Jill Biden recently. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, there was an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. And this guy was just not only a jerk. He was disrespectful. He started it with Jill, honey, baby. Now that you're the first lady, maybe you should drop the doctor thing and stop being so pretentious. It's not like you went to med school. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a, this is a newspaper that should know better. This is, I think it's right. How you could you do that? You worked so hard for that. You right? earned it. Yes. Jeez. And so that's, Poor that's respect. what there are all of these little oppressions in there. Uh, we talk about, I talk about religious oppression. There is a snake handler in, in here, a guy who does snake handling. Uh, right. He's a preacher and he wants her to take over this so that he can control her so that he can control it. And it's about the way that that does. One of my favorite lines out of the whole book too is um, the mother's ghost comes back and looks at the minister and he says, you're not going to like heaven very much. And he says, why not? Because everybody's happy there. Ah. <laughs> um, and uh, there's also an aspect of the main character is biracial her parents were dating in the 70s when it was just not done in the south Ooh, so there's yeah. that we talk about all different levels of oppression and finally the oppression of duty that we have on our lives we all have obligations that we have to fulfill these can be oppressive you know you have to be mom it's like right now I'm at a place in my life where I love my son but he's 19 and I want him to <laughs> you know right. <laughs> that's normal it's not that I don't want him around it's not that I don't love him and I don't want him here it's that there comes a point where I get to go have fun yeah you know? right that's right and, and it, but it's an obligation and it's an obligation that I'll fulfill because I do love my son very much he's, he's brilliant and he's funny and he's smart and he's wonderful and he needs to get a job <laughs> yeah yeah. Help out a little bit, learn that part of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't help. He has, he's autistic. He has Asperger's syndrome. Oh. So he's a little bit socially behind. And I like to think that he's high functioning, but I don't think he is. I think that's his mom. No, no, no. He's, he's not mid range functioning. He's high functioning. No, he's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he's, he's brilliant. So. This kid, my favorite story, the story I've been telling over and over about him recently is um, we were watching Alton Brown and he loves to cook. And we're doing the Alton Brown thing and Alton's going on and on about the perfect French omelet and how it's the measure of a chef. 
My eight-year-old gets up, goes in the kitchen, and comes back 10 minutes later with a perfect French omelet. Wow. Not too hard. Now, here's the contrary story. Here's the other story. He comes in the other day, and he asks me if I want a taco salad, and I'm like, that would be wonderful. He comes back with a a, a scoop of taco meat with four pieces of tomato on top of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a taco salad. (laughs) taco salad. That's not even tomato salad, okay? <laughs> oh wow. So you guys are all together right now? Yes. That's well, partially, partially for quarantine. I um I love I, I live with my father and my son and my father is 80 and my son is 19. So, oh, okay. you know, I have both ends of the spectrum. I am trying to go back to California right now and find a place for everybody to light so that everybody can find their happiness. Yeah. Because yes. I love my family, but I need to be able to just, I, I was never young, you know. Um, when I was a kid, my mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And, you know, we slept on porches and we were neglected and abused, all kinds of terrible things. So I didn't have a childhood. And then, you know, in my 20s, in my 20s and 30s, you're dealing with that trauma. People don't understand how much trauma affects you. Oh, yeah. They're really just starting to do studies. I was reading a study the other day where childhood trauma will give you, is, a, is, a, is an indicating factor for arthritis further in life. Oh, wow. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either. And they're relating it back to more and more illnesses of that, of that sort. So the trauma mm-hmm. of childhood carries with you your whole life. And it affects you not just mentally or emotionally, but also physically. And, you know, if you take a kid who's lived in a traumatic situation, they're already at least 10 years behind all of their peers because they have to deal with that trauma. And yeah. 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 Wow. I could, I can, I can understand that. How does your dad feel about you being a a trans man? How does he, does he like it? I mean, does he respect you? Does he, my father is a trumper, like a oh. real dyed in the wool, except when it comes to me. It's really funny because uh, I wasn't going to come out to him. I wasn't going to have the conversation. I didn't want to hear stuff. So finally, we had the conversation in an argument. He said something that made me like, I don't know, so angry. And I just, I just went off and I was like, you know what? I don't want to talk about Trump anymore. I don't want to do this, 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 this. And, and in the middle of it, I said, and as it turns out, I'm a trans man. I'm sick of listening to talk about queers because I'm a queer. So if you want to, you can go off and be embarrassed about your queer daughter. And, and also in the middle of the argument, I realized you can't just yell at somebody. You have to tell them both sides. So I told him that I loved him and that I respected him and, you know, enumerated some of the things that I found amazing and wonderful about him. And so he just sort of accepted it. But then a couple of days later, I'm talking to him. I'm not really sure he knows what trans means. So that's why he's accepting it so well. <laughs> he's you just tried. Like, okay. And you yeah, had a moment. <laughs> I, I get a moment. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll accept it. <laughs> and I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it that's at that. Cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Unfortunately, I live in Kannapolis, North Carolina, and there aren't a lot of other people like that. Um, oh, yeah. There are people who literally have like 10 or 15 trump um stick uh, things in their yard 
And there's a guy here. It's really funny. I belong to this atheist group where it's, it's sort of like, it's like stupid evangelical tricks. And yeah. my town has been on there four times in one week. Oh, oh wow. wow. One of them was, a, there's a guy who on the bed of his truck has built this wooden thing and painted on it, um, Donald Trump 2020, then, then the daughter and then the son and then the other son and then Steve Banyan. And he's got like this big marquee on the back of his truck. That was on there. One of the local churches, they were making fun of him because they were talking about putting in a, a baptismal water slide. Um, oh, people don't, <laughs> isn't that funny? Jeez. People right down the street from me too. I was driving uh, Easter a couple of years ago and I was driving and there was a big hullabaloo in one of the parking lots. And I stopped to look and, and they had three guys out there in like loincloths and they were mock crucifying them in like well, March. It's like 40 degrees. And, and these guys are up on these crosses answering questions about Jesus. And I'm like, you know, this is where I live. People don't <laughs> believe me. And they're like, you need to take pictures of this. And I'm like, I'm afraid to go near them. Are you kidding? Oh, uh -huh. wow. no way, no way, no way. <laughs> I'd be afraid too. <laughs> the, the big thing that I get around here is because I, I haven't had, I, I don't have a binder yet and I haven't had my chest, uh, haven't had my top surgery yet. So I, I still have a large chest. So I'm dressed like a man and I have the man's haircut and wearing the man's cologne and I talk like a man. I have a great, I have a beard and I have a mustache and it makes people really nervous. So they punctuate sentences with the word ma'am. And it wow. drives me. Do I look like a ma'am to you? Really? <laughs> look, look, I have a beard. I have a mustache. You know. How long have you been going? I'm not sure like the proper way to say it. So forgive me if I mess up. But like, how, how long have you been going through the whole process? Or like, when did you figure it out? And how did you come to Elliot? <laughs> okay. All right. I know, first, a bunch of questions in one. <laughs> the first part of this is, it's good you asked me that question because some other trans people sort of get, get a little offended when you ask them questions like that, even though it's not necessarily rude. Some people are a little sensitive about it. So it might be a question that you want to ask them if they're okay with before you do the interview. With me, you're okay. <laughs> no, don't apologize. With me, you can ask me literally anything. I am an open book. Absolutely. And I want you to feel free to ask me any question that you have. And Thank then, you. but I don't want you to be uncomfortable with another guest. I, I want yeah. you to know that I'm, I've had literally some of the most intimate questions asked. And I'm fine with them. Um, most, there's a question that a lot of gay people were have been asked over the over time and it's when did you know that you were gay you always knew yeah. when I when most gay people when you're talking to them I knew when I was four because I wanted to play Lone Ranger and everybody else wanted to play doll <laughs> I, had, I had no interest in that um all of my friends when the, when the monkeys came out date myself how old I am everybody had a crush on Davy Jones except me I had a, a, a crush on Peter Tork who is the most feminine of them you know yep <laughs> um, and it was always like that. It was, I've always sort of leaned towards very feminine men, gay men. And when I was five, I saw a thing about Christine Jorgensen, who was the first transsexual. And I thought, you can, you know, that, that is interesting. The rest yeah, of my family right. is like, what a freak. And I'm like, no, 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 I want that. 
And so for the rest of my life, and when I was a kid, you didn't even talk about stuff like this. You know, Christine was just absolutely ridiculed. It just wasn't something that was done. Um, it wasn't even something that you thought about unless you right. were like in some sort of bohemian sort of setting, which I certainly was. Um, so most of, I've, all of my life, you make excuses. You pretend that you're in love with the man you want to be. There's a right. saying in the movie Pray to Porta when they talk about clothing, that clothing designers make clothing for the women they, they love or the women they want to be. And that was yeah. always it for me, the woman I want to be or the man I want to be. Um, I could always tell you at any time how much trans, the, the trans surgery cost because I always wanted to do it. It was always me. Um, my favorite thing that I ever did is I was going to a psychiatric appointment when I was younger because, you know, childhood trauma, you know, you have to deal with it some way. And I was dressed in a heavy coat and I had really short hair. And a 15-year-old girl was flirting with me like I was a boy. She assumed I was a boy. And I was <laughs> flattered because not only did she think I was a boy, but it was a 15-year-old girl. And they're really shallow. So she thought I was a cute boy. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, um, and, and really, it was, it was very recent. I went through, on top of being sick, because most people, if you've never been sick, you don't know, understand what it's like never had a chronic debilitating illness you don't understand what it does to your whole life right yeah yeah I became depressed and suicidal and Ooh. anxious and I finally had a nervous breakdown and I mean like a full-blown I was diagnosed as agoraphobic I was on suicide watch I could not leave my bedroom for the better part of six months I was on um um clonopin and Alexa, mm -hmm. and and of course um, uh, Tramadol for for pain. So I was a zombie. Um, I'm talking to my therapist, you know, twice a, a week, and there's people who are calling me, going, "Are you are, are you alive? Are you still alive?" And I'm like, thinking I'm in this body that's never going to move, and my doctor's telling me that my new normal is going to be a wheelchair, and you know, I'm not ever going to be able to do the things I love anymore, and um having a nervous breakdown is like you're walking along and you're holding everything that you own in your arms wow. and then you fall and you drop it mm -hmm. and it just all goes everywhere and most people while in their healing process what they do is they try to pick it all back up but right. I didn't do that because I've done a lot of I, I've done a lot of peer counseling I was peer support specialist I you know I've, I've worked in that area some so it occurred to me I didn't have to pick it all up. I could decide what I wanted to pick up. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of stuff. I realized 75% of the stuff I carried wasn't mine. It was stuff that other people had given me. And then it didn't work for me. And then it didn't, it didn't serve me anymore, you know? So I picked up a little bit of stuff. I, I decided to pick up my kindness and my compassion and, and my creativity and, and leave the rest of it on the floor. Leave the you know, the self-hatred and uh, the, the loathing and all of that stuff and, and pick out traits in other people and in the world that I wanted. Right. And from that point of introspection, I've built this person that I really like. And after a year of being that person and being actually healthy, 
for the first of my life, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually and emotionally healthy. I got up one day and I sat down on my bed and I thought to myself, you know, my whole life, I've told people that I'm a male spirit in a female body and that, you know, I was, I must've been a man in my past life and reincarnated as a woman at the time and I'm not used to it. And the truth is I'm just transgendered. Stop <laughs> lying. Stop making excuses. Stop beating around the bush. Just, and I got up and I threw out eight bags of women's clothing because I tried really hard to be a girl. I didn't throw it away. I found a friend. That was fun. That was so divesting. I picked up all of my stuff and I put it in bags and I went over to a friend's house because she and her daughters were about my size. And I had some nice clothing. I have really great, I'm going to be a great boyfriend for somebody. So <laughs> I, love I buy, I know jewelry, I know clothing, I know makeup, I can do hairstyles, you know. Um, I'm sensitive. I understand what a lot of fun. me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I took it all over there and I gave it to her and she was like, oh, I could wear this and her daughter's like, yoink, that's mine. <laughs> mine. So it, was, it was a lot of fun watching them be happy with stuff that I just hated. When I got my haircut, when I got, it's, it's amazing because I think because I came out so much older, there are things that you learn if you're smart as you grow that serve you very well when you find your truth. And right. one of them was, my huskies are coming back in the room. It could be chaotic in a minute. So I will just eat them. No, eat them. They, they're so spoiled. It's ridiculous. They're like velociraptors. So. I, have, I have two velociraptors in my house. Um, um, what was I saying? Oh, um, I went and got my hair cut. And uh, I learned all of this stuff. And I only included people in my life that, I knew we're going to be, that were my tribe. I had found my tribe. I had gotten rid of all the people who weren't my tribe. I had arrived at that point where you're 50 years old and you go, you know, I really don't care what other people think. I just yeah. don't anymore. Beautiful. Um, I don't need their approval because I'm not trying to get laid anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, for more than that. I'm not trying to be pretty anymore. <laughs> and um, so, uh, when I came out, I, everybody was like, oh, that's awesome. That's wonderful. Oh, it's fantastic. It's terrific. You know, oh, we've known for years and we're so glad. I also had a lot of gay people in my, in my circle. Oh. So that was good. I went and I got my hair cut and I was worried about it because this is the first stranger I told. So I sat down in the chair and I said, I want this haircut, this haircut. And she said, okay, that's a really nice haircut. And I said, it's a guy's haircut. She said, haircuts don't have gender. I said, this is my first haircut as a man a transgendered man she said that is a very masculine haircut <laughs> she cut my hair and she told me the story about how her brother was dating a transgender girl um everybody's been there i went to work i worked with the disabled people and a lot of disabled people are oddly very conservative so i'm in this very conservative place and i came i i, I told my boss i said look i'm, I'm transitioning and I'm going to change my name to Elliot and my voice is going to get deeper because I'm taking testosterone. And so you're probably going to want to address this. And they were all like, awesome. And my boss and her boss had a meeting of everybody in the company and set everybody down. And they said, Cindy is transitioning to Elliot. And okay. no one, no one had better say anything. If you don't have anything nice to say, keep your mouth shut. It was basically the gist of this meeting. 
four oh, wow. other people came out at my meeting. I've been oh, living with women for 19 years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, guys, do, it was, just let me know that we have 10 minutes left. So, two minutes. Ten minutes left. So, okay. Elliot, we want. You want to hear the, where the Elliot came from? Yeah, where yeah. did Elliot come from? Real quick. Um, I, this will be quick. I love poetry, and I love T. S. Elliot, E. L. I. O. T. Right, spelled that way. And he did a poem called Ash Wednesday, which is about transfiguration, about changing from one state into another. So, my name is Elliot Ashton. Nice. I like that. I like and that. Thank quick, you so much for sharing that how the awareness came about um i got diagnosed uh at the age of 30 uh with a tiny piece of a chromosome called 22q11 there's other names attached to yep. it like george whatever but it's like the second most common to down syndrome and nobody knows what it is so i thought okay maybe we could start doing the awareness show and get the word about 22q and other weird rare diseases and so that's how other celebrities have been coming onto the show and it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. We had so many wonderful celebrities. We just had the recently late Don Walsh who just passed away on the show. You had Marion Ross from Happy Days, Loretta Swift, Dean awesome. Wallace, Dean Wallace from ET. And you know, they have different causes and events. So the more people know about 22Q and other rare diseases, then it'll be like, different uh, rare diseases and get the word out because I found out there's over 7,000 different rare diseases out there. Like yours is probably somewhere in the, you know, 10, top 10 or something like that. So, you know. I'm surprised like, at the number of people who've never heard of it. And on top of that, I'm autistic. So, you know. Yep. Well, mm -hmm. we just learned yesterday about valley fever. So there you yeah. go. So, My dad had valley fever. Oh, wow. And we didn't know We're what outdoorsy. that was. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's another this is name out for in Bakersfield. It. Yeah, there was a, another name for it, but I can't now, can't pronounce it. So, Philippidaria uh, or something like that. It's named after yes. the Phyllis. But you guys can find us on. Oh, Elliot, what is your social media platform? Yes. Oh, uh, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. Uh, I am on Instagram as Eli, as Eli Hutchins. I am. Um, you can find me under Cindy Cami C H A M I Hutchins on Facebook. I'm on a, I'm on a, my favorite platform is called Slasher. It's for horror people. It is, okay. um, and I am Durless Dream, D E R L E P H apostrophe S Dream, D R E A M mm. on there. That is specifically okay. for horror people. So if you, if you like horror, that's a great place to go. <laughs> Mm. And we just opened up a shop on Threadless. You can find our merchandise. We have all kinds of different merchandises. We have t-shirts, hoodies. What else do we got, Jackie? Face masks. Uh, I mean, sweaters. Yeah, you said it. Mugs. Little purse yeah. bags. She's got some really cute options and designs. Like, I mean, seriously. So we'll send you a link for our Threadless shop. And then... Um, we can, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, all Spotify, those. Amazon, yeah. Apple Music. <laughs> We're all over the place. So, <laughs> Elliot, we would like you to come back on the show. So Absolutely. I'd love to. to and I'm honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. 
thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to edit this and I'll send it to you. And I can sit, I'm trying to look for you on Facebook. Awesome. Is it okay? Yes, definitely make friends with me because we can hang out. Oh, that'd yes, be good. I like that. <laughs> ladies, All look right. me up. I always want more lovely ladies on my, on my Facebook. Yay. <laughs> Okay, and you can also Thank look you. up that. So we're we're pretty, but or you can look up Jackie because she's pretty much easy to find. <laughs> oh, my Instagram! I know I met yeah. Miss Jackie O. <laughs> so Jackie O. Let, yeah, yeah M I S S J A C K I I O. Like Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> well, this is the award show. We'll see you guys tomorrow at five o'clock. And we'll see you guys then. Thank you, Elliot. Have a good one. Thank you, Elliot. Bye. Thanks, you guys. Bye. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.